Good morning. Welcome to Church Online. I'm really glad that you're here. Uh, it's been uh, an interesting last several weeks. I've had many first-time experiences, including forgetting that it was my birthday just a few days ago. I, I completely forgot about it. Now, I'm at the age where my birthday is not a huge deal to me anymore, but I'm not at the age where I completely forget that it's my birthday. And several of you reminded me as you called me or texted me throughout the day that it was my birthday. I appreciate that by the way, but I realized in the process of forgetting about my own birthday that this shutdown might have me a little more shut down than I realized it did. And I thought of one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Job 17, 9, which says, the righteous keep moving forward. And I realized that for us, even right now in this time period where we're, we're locked down, we're at home, we're, we're trying to stay safe and protect everyone else as well, uh, we need to really be conscious about continuing to move forward emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, and in so many ways. Because if we let ourselves shut down, we're going to find ourselves in a pretty dark place and find ourselves pretty discouraged. So I want to invite you to do something with me this week or with another group of people. I want to invite you to participate in an online Bible study uh, through the Version app. If you don't have that on your phone, just go to your app store. It's a free app. Or if you want to use your computer, you can go to Bible.com and find it right there. Uh, I want to encourage you, go in, set up an account, and invite some friends to join you in a Bible study this week. You can even add me as a friend, and I'll invite you to join my group. But the study I want to do together as a church family and with anyone else who'd like to participate is called Coronavirus and Christ. It's by John Piper, and he asks the big question, is there a rock under our feet? When everything else seems so fragile, are we actually on firm footing? I'm looking forward to participating with so many of you in that. Uh, you can do it just with your family or with a close group of friends. So I want to encourage you, jump on and do that. Right now, I want to just dial in to Matthew chapter 13. Pastor Rick's going to come back and we're going to continue our dialogue about the parable of the sower. Thanks, Pastor Kelly. I just have to say, I am so excited that you have joined us again today on our online campus to have church with us. We, we love being able to do this and join you wherever you are. Um, so last week, as Pastor Kelly said, we began to look at the parable of the sower. And this week, we're going to finish up uh, looking at that, this two-part look at the parable of the sower by looking at what happens when the seed that God sows in your life begins to take root and grow. And so in case you weren't able to join us last week, I want to encourage you to go back at some point and check that uh, message out as well. But for now, I'm going to just catch you up so you know where we're at and where we're going. In Matthew 13, uh, verses 1 through 8, it says this, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly, because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered, because they had no root. Other seed fell on among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times 
what was sown. Okay, so in brief, we have the four types of soil that were um, in the parable of the sower. The first one is the hard path, and it just it wraps up the idea that this soil is hard um, and the seed cannot root down, and so the birds are able to come in and snatch it up. It doesn't have a chance to grow. Then the rocky soil, the seed is able to root into the soil, um, but because of the rocks, it's unable to grow deep roots. And so even though it springs up quickly with gusto, um, the first hot day comes along and that shallow root system is dried up and scorched. And then, of course, the thorny weeds, um, the seed fell among the weeds and the weeds steal the nutrients uh, and it was choked out. And then lastly, the good soil, which is, of course, where you want it to fall. And it ends up taking root, producing 30, 60, even 100 hundred times what was sown. That's good news. This is the good news that we know. Um, The fact that you are here listening to this today means that God is planting a seed in your life. But we also recognize, as we noticed in that parable, that not all seeds fall on good, fertile soil. At times, the seeds that God is sowing in your life fall on less than optimal soil, uh, and, and that that's okay. I want to encourage you that even if it is falling on less than optimal soil, God's grace is sufficient for you. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. In our weaknesses, Christ's power rests on you and it rests on me. Later on in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus continues to explain what happens when each, uh, when each seed falls on different types of soil. And our reality is, is that there are many, many things uh, that can interfere with a seed taking root and yielding fruit. When we feel that our soil is less than ideal for the seeds that God is sowing, um, the first thing we should do is stop and pray. Pray, God, help me to be ready for the things that you are trying to sow in my life, the seeds that you're trying to plant in my life. Any combination of circumstances could cause the soil of our hearts to be less than ready. Um, But we know that in this very moment, we are going through a particularly dark and difficult time. COVID-19 has created some very difficult situations, some very sad situations in the lives of people all over the world. A unique thing in our time period, no doubt. But in Jesus, there is hope. In Jesus, there is peace and there is light at the end of this darkness. Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 4.17, it says um, that our troubles will not last forever. In 17, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that is that far outweighs them all. In a dark moment of Paul's life, he is shining a spotlight on Jesus and that Jesus gives us hope in that. So because of Jesus, uh, we are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Because of Jesus, we may be perplexed by the things that are going on right now, but we are not in despair. Because of Jesus, we may be 
persecuted, but we are not abandoned. And he says, because of Jesus, we may be struck down, but we are not destroyed. So if you're being hard pressed by the realities of life, if you are being perplexed by what to do next, and if you're feeling persecuted or struck down, be encouraged as Paul was by the idea that these are indeed momentary troubles. Regardless of how this season of darkness is impacting you, I want you to know this. You are not alone. You are not abandoned and you will not be defeated because of Jesus. In Jesus's parable of the sower, the imagery of a seed, the miraculous yield that can come from that seed, and the fruit that each seed produces reminds us that no obstacle, not even darkness, can stop the work that God is doing. Okay, so I want to give you guys, um, as I wrap up this time, I want to give you guys a lesson in plant biology, and I want to look at what happens to a plant in the middle of night. So many things in our world go dormant at night. Many forms of life sleep, like me. I love to sleep. I love to sleep at night. I try to do so every night, as I imagine you do as well. Some organisms don't even survive until the night. The mayfly, it it lives less than 24 hours most of the time, a maximum of 24 hours. So as night comes, its lifespan is ending. But plants, they have a very different story. Uh, Once a seed has sprouted, it embarks on this incredible process that actually requires, did you hear that? It requires a period of darkness to thrive. So as the sun rises, a plant begins the process of photosynthesis by absorbing sunshine, carbon dioxide, and moisture from the soil. This process, as I said just a moment ago, is called photosynthesis, and it launches the plant um, into producing two things, okay? The first thing is it produces oxygen, which it releases in the air for all of us to breathe and enjoy. The other thing that it does during this process is it begins to store up glucose or sugar um, to use as fuel later on. It continues this process the entire day in preparation for the night. So when darkness comes and as night begins, photosynthesis actually stops and a different process entirely begins. That process is called respiration. In respiration, the plant stops producing oxygen and starch or sugar, and it starts to reverse that process. It does two things as well. It begins to absorb the oxygen in the air, so the very thing that it put out, it begins to take it back in, and then it combines that with the glucose it has been storing up all day. The result is that the plant is able to grow in a manner that one expert has called an explosion of energy. Did you catch that? Plants were created, they were designed to grow in the darkness. And everything they were storing up as a result of the sunlight becomes its source of energy. So how do we respond as plants do in 
the darkness, right? Because if God's rooting a seed in your life and something's starting to sprout up, you can take from this imagery. What if in this season of darkness, what if during this season of night, instead of just waiting for the sun to come back up again, and trust me, I believe it will come back up again, and I think it's going to be very bright. Don't get, like, don't, don't lose hope there. But what if in this season of darkness, the seed that God is sowing in your heart interacts with scripture that you've stored in your heart and the prayers that you've prayed to become an explosion of energy. Let me say that again. What if the seed that God's been sowing in your heart combines with, interacts with the scriptures that you know that you've stored in your life and the prayers that you've been praying to produce an explosion of energy? And the result is a miraculous yield. 30, 60, maybe even 100 times. That type of growth sounds explosive. That type of growth sounds miraculous. So imagine the fruit that would become in this world if we were able to become that type of explosive yield. Imagine in the midst of pain and loss and loneliness and regret, there was an explosion of love and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. What if that came from every follower of Jesus outpouring out of every local church and, and, and flowing into the communities that those churches exist? What if that was the case? Jesus encourages us in John 16. He says, there will be troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We don't lose hope. What if we stared into the night and grew as plants do? What if this was meant to provide a season of growth so that we can pour out that amazing fruit that we have? Okay, so here is my last observation before we go. You know what I love about the processes of photosynthesis and respiration, I mean, other than the fact that they're incredible in and of themselves. Here's, here's what I love. When night comes for the plant, the plant knows exactly how fast it can use up the fuel stored in its system. It knows this because of a biological clock that God wired into it at a cellular level. Do you know what informs that biological clock? The sun the plant relies on the sun to give it everything it needs, not only to survive, but to remind it that it will be back on the other side of the darkness. The plant does not worry about what it cannot control. In daytime, it soaks up the sun and the nutrients that it can while it breathes life into the air. And at nighttime, it uses everything that's been stored up in it to grow as much as possible so that it can yield more fruit the next day. In daytime, the plant orients itself towards the sun and absorbs everything that the sun gives it. And in nighttime, it continues to function out of faith, right? If that could be possible, that on the other side of night, the sun's going to come up again and it will begin the process again. Now, I want to encourage you with this. In this season of darkness, 
Remember that the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, has not left you. In fact, he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us reflect his light into times of darkness. Don't concern yourself with what you cannot control. Instead, tap into what's already been given to you, the fruit of the Spirit, and pour it out into every dark space you go. I hope that you're encouraged today. God has a seed that he's planted in you. It's growing. And in times of night, you have an explosion of energy. He's he's growing something in you that's going to produce amazing fruit that will bless you and your family, your community, and this world. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather um, online. Wherever we are, we have the opportunity to do this together and to be encouraged by your word. So I pray that the seeds that you are sowing in the lives of those who are listening, God, that they would explode into growth, that they would yield tons of miraculous fruit and be blessings to their world. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, wow. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick. Good to know that the sun has a really strong history of coming up again. Uh, Now I want to encourage you. uh, You've been locked down for a little while. The world's been strange for a while. I want to encourage you right where you're at, put your fun face on. Put your fun face on and then show it to somebody else in the room. Are you doing it? Okay, let me help you out. Maybe this will help you. You got your fun face on right now? Listen, This shutdown that we're in the middle of, this is a chapter in your life. This is not the story of your life. So I want to encourage you, put your fun face on, even in the middle of the shutdown, because God's still on the throne. Jesus still died for your sins. We're good. We have everything that we need. God still is in the business of taking what was meant to discourage us and turning it for good in our lives. So be sure this week, Uh, Head on over to centerchurchonline.com if you're not there already. Uh, There's several resources there. You can give online there. Uh, You can get help if you need it. You can offer help to others right there on Center Church Online. But I want to give you a special challenge now. I want you to pull out your phone, take a selfie of your fun face, or take a picture of a fun face of somebody else in the room right now, and send it over to us via text, email. You can even put it up on our Facebook page. Now let's just show each other and the world our fun faces. Love you guys. Have an awesome week.